As we remember this, the 16th anniversary of the terrorist attacks on September 11, 2001, I'd like to know where all of you were when all of this started to unfold that Tuesday morning. Of course, I was way over here, 3,000 miles away, clear across the country when I woke up around 6 in the morning to get ready for what would be the second day of the new school year at the preschool I was working at. My daughter had just turned two, and she attended the school with me. I turned on the morning news, and as I was getting ready, I saw one of the World Trade Center towers on fire. I sat down to watch for a few minutes to try and catch the details of what this was all about. The news anchors were speculating as to what exactly it was that hit the tower. They knew something had struck the building, but they didn't know exactly what it was. They were talking about it possibly being a small plane or a private jet, some sort of pilot error, something like that. And as I was watching and listening to these anchors speaking about what was going on at the World Trade Center, out of the left side of my screen, a plane came into view. It seemed like it was flying in slow motion. And in that split second moment, I thought that plane was going to drop some sort of flame retardant on the building to help douse some of the fire. But you know and I know that that isn't what happened. That plane slammed directly into the second building and a huge fireball burst onto my television screen. I absolutely could not believe what I was looking at and the news anchors immediately uttered the words, coordinated attack, and I felt chills all over my body. I didn't want to leave the house, but I had to get down to the preschool. I was responsible for 12 little toddlers, and I needed to be there by 8 a.m. So I finished getting ready, and I listened to the radio on my commute to work. The news I'm hearing... A third flight is hijacked. A plane crashes into the Pentagon. The South Tower of the World Trade Center collapses. A fourth plane crashes. And after I get to work, the North Tower collapses. A section of the Pentagon collapses. I never saw any of the news unfold for the rest of the day at work. We didn't have smartphones and there wasn't any internet at work yet or any television. We just listened to the radio. I remember feeling afraid. I was afraid for the children. They knew something was wrong with us. I was sad and I was angry and it was exhausting. It was just a really long, awful day at work. Where were you guys? Tell me if you have a chance on the discussion page. I'd like to hear it. Dr. Floyd B. Buchanan High School, commonly known as Buchanan High School, is a four-year public high school located in Clovis, California. Clovis is located pretty much right smack in the middle of California in Fresno County. It graduated its first class in 1995 
and is named after its very first school district superintendent, Dr. Floyd Buchanan. You might be asking yourselves, why the heck am I talking about a random high school in California? And what does this have to do with 9-11? And what exactly does this have to do with crime in California? Well, it's not exactly a California crime that is at the heart of this tale, but it's about one of the most devastating crimes ever perpetrated against the United States of America. And that's that crime that took place 16 years ago on September 11th, 2001. And that affected all of us. Clovis, a town with a population of just under 100,000 is a quiet, middle-class farming community known for its excellent schools and world-class teaching and sports programs. Some would even consider their sports programs better than many small colleges in the United States. Clovis is a relatively safe community, just big enough to have its own shopping mall, but small enough to have that small town feel to it. It is a picturesque town whose motto is the gateway to the Sierras, as it is located at the base of the Sierra Nevada mountain range. Buchanan High has found itself having a uniquely tragic connection to the terrorist attacks that took place on 9-11-2001. Since 2004, eight of the school's former students have been killed in the wars in Afghanistan and Iraq, which is more than any other high school in the state of California and quite possibly more than any single high school anywhere in America. Half of those Buchanan alumni were from the graduating class of 2001. Two of them were brothers. The principal of the school has since been tasked with another aspect of her role at the school that wasn't exactly in the job description, the role of grief counselor. The atmosphere of the school has become a seemingly endless tribute to yet one fallen soldier after another who used to walk the hallways of Buchanan High School. The news was coming all too often for this school that finds itself in the heart of California's farm country. Another former student has died in Iraq or Afghanistan. The news of yet another death and another. The sadness, the grief, the remembrances, Rituals that have become commonplace. Buchanan High has even created a memorial garden where the names of their alumni soldiers have been cast in bronze in honor of their sacrifice to the United States. The space where the bronze casts have been mounted is now full. The deaths of these former students have deeply shaken the entire community of Clovis, not just the high school. And it remains a constant reminder of the ravages of war subsequent to the attacks on New York, Washington, D.C., and Pennsylvania, and how the soldiers continue paying the price for defending the United States. There have been in excess of 600 soldiers who have hailed from the Golden State that have died in the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. Some high schools have lost more than one or two soldiers, but Buchanan High School has sadly experienced the highest number of fallen soldiers. In contrast, while Buchanan has lost eight former students, all of the other high schools in Clovis combined have lost only two. The first of the Buchanan High School students to have lost their lives occurred in 2004. 
They were best friends. And sadly, three years later, one of their brothers was killed as well. Also in 2007, three more soldiers who were once students at Buchanan High lost their lives in war, followed by two more in 2010. The Memorial Garden started out as a small pathway that led to the school's flagpole that sat atop a concrete block. The students helped design and put together the pathway in 2007 as a place for them, the school, and the community to remember those former students who answered their call to action following the events of 9-11 and lost their lives defending this country. But as the news of each new death reached the school and the community, people started to do more to remember these soldiers. Local residents frequently dropped off pictures, mementos, flowers, and poems in an effort to remember and pay respects. There are two trees in the garden that are often adorned with yellow ribbons in support of American troops. Also hanging in the office are paintings of each of the fallen soldiers created by the school's art teacher. In the school's trophy case, national championship trophies have been moved aside to clear out a space in the middle, front and center, a space that is now filled with mementos of the school's fallen soldiers, including pictures and funeral programs. There is really no explanation as to why Buchanan High has experienced such an extraordinary number of war deaths. It's just a sad coincidence. Each year, about 60% of the graduates go to college. Another 10 to 15% go to technical school or missionary work and approximately 10% enlist in the military or in the military academy. These are the stories of the eight soldiers who lost their lives in the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. Marine Corporal Jeremiah Barrow was killed November 4, 2004, along with childhood friend Jared Hubbard when a bomb exploded in Fallujah, Iraq. Three years later, Hubbard's brother, Nathan, was also killed in war. Jeremiah was based in Camp Pendleton, 2nd Battalion, 5th Marines, 1st Marine Division, 1 Marine Expeditionary Force, supporting Operation Iraqi Freedom. He was engaged to be married. He was 21 years old. Marine Lance Corporal Jared P. Hubbard was killed November 4, 2004, along with his childhood friend Jeremiah in the same bombing attack in Fallujah, Iraq. He was also based in Camp Pendleton, 2nd Battalion, 5th Marines, 1st Marine Division, 1 Marine Expeditionary Force, supporting Operation Iraqi Freedom. He was 22 years old. Lance Corporal Anthony Butterfield was killed July 29, 2006 in Rawa, Iraq, while attempting to stop a suicide bomber from detonating a gasoline tanker filled with explosives. He was based in 29 Palms, California, 3rd Light Armored Reconnaissance Battalion, 1st Marine Division, 1 Marine Expeditionary Force, supporting Operation Iraqi Freedom. He was 19 years old. 
Army Private First Class Rowan D. Walter was killed February 22, 2007 in Ramidi, Iraq by a roadside bomb ambush along with three other soldiers. He exited his tank in order to help some other soldiers who had been injured in an earlier attack. He was based at Fort Carson, Colorado, 1st Battalion, 9th Infantry Regiment, 2nd Brigade Combat Team, 2 Infantry Division supporting Operation Iraqi Freedom. He was married and he was 25 years old. Army Corporal Nathan Hubbard was killed August 22, 2007, along with 13 other soldiers in a helicopter crash in Multaka, Iraq. Nathan joined the Army after his brother Jared and childhood friend Jeremiah were killed by the roadside bomb in November of 2004. He was stationed at Schofield Barracks in Hawaii, 2nd Battalion, 35th Infantry Regiment, 3rd Infantry Brigade Combat Team, 25th Infantry Division supporting Operation Iraqi Freedom. He was 21 years old. Senior Airman Nicholas Aijin was killed December 24, 2007 at Bagram Air Base in Afghanistan. I could not really find any other details about his death other than he died in his sleep and that's what his family was told. He was based at Travis Air Force Base in California with the 60th Medical Operations Squadron supporting Operation Enduring Freedom. Married with one child, he was 24 years old. Army Staff Sergeant Brian Piercy was killed July 19, 2010 in Arghandab River Valley, Afghanistan of injuries sustained when insurgents attacked his unit using an improvised explosive device. He was based at Fort Bragg, North Carolina, 2nd Battalion, 508th Parachute Infantry Regiment, 4th Brigade Combat Team, 82nd Airborne Division supporting Operation Enduring Freedom. He was married and he was 27 years old. Marine Sergeant Matthew Abate was killed in combat on December 2nd, 2010, while fighting the Taliban stronghold of Helmand Province, according to military officials. He was based in Camp Pendleton, 3rd Battalion, 5th Marines, 1st Marine Division, 1 Marine Expeditionary Force in support of Operation Enduring Freedom. He was married with one child. His death marked the 8th former Buchanan High School student killed in war. He was 26 years old. Today, I wanted to take the time to look back on a small part of the story of 9-11 that touched us here in California, and to take the time to honor these eight men, as well as the thousands and thousands of women and men who gave the ultimate sacrifice to protect and serve our country. Many of us aren't happy with the State of the Union at the moment, and that's okay. We have that right. 
We have that right because of these men and women who make the ultimate sacrifice for us. And I know that I'm okay with this also because I know what we are capable of. By the time the sun set on September 11, 2001, those hijackers had killed 2,977 people in the deadliest attack ever on American soil. As people and buildings and planes fell from our beautiful skies, we all united as Americans and became friends on that day that we knew was going to change us forever. We looked forward with one another promising to never forget and I haven't. Thank you so much for joining me on this very special mini episode of California Dreaming and until next time sweet dreams and never forget those that lost their lives on that day and those who continue to give the ultimate sacrifice to ensure our safety and our freedom. Mm -hmm.